Today's first scripture reading comes from Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and saw their forced labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. He looked this way and that way, and seeing no one he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, he saw two Hebrews fighting, and he said to the one who was in the wrong, Why do you strike your fellow Hebrew? He answered, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid. And thought, surely, the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he thought to kill Moses. So Moses fled from Pharaoh, settled in the land of Medan. So the second scripture reading, also taken from Exodus uh, chapter 3. So this is God's call to Moses. Listen once again to God's word for us. Exodus 3, beginning with verse 1. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing Yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called him to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians, to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Peritzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. And so come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and to bring the Israelites out of Egypt? 
And he said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Great God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our Lord, our Rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Those are the words of Moses in response to God's call to him to speak to the supreme leader of the Egyptian nation, demanding that he release God's people who were being held in bondage as slaves. Now, the day that God revealed himself to Moses while he was tending his father-in-law's sheep started just like any other day for him. He woke up just as the sun was peeking out over the eastern horizon, And after shaking the sleep from his limbs, he padded his way to the sheep pen, opened the gate, and with his shepherd's crook, he prodded the sheep out into the open field where they could graze on the grass that was there. And as the morning sun wore on and the ground grew hotter, the sun was beating down on the back of his neck, he looked for water, a water source for them to be able to drink. And it was the same mundane routine that Moses had done day after day since settling in this land where he now was. And that's when God broke into his world. And it appeared to Moses in a flame of fire from a bush that was blazing but not consumed. And from the bush, the voice of God said, Moses, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. You are to go to Pharaoh. Say to him, let my people go. Now, we need to keep in mind the kind of roller coaster life that Moses was uh, experiencing before he had this encounter with God. Moses, you may recall, was a Hebrew baby rescued from the waters of the Nile uh, River by the daughter of the royal king. And even though he was a Jew, he was able to uh, grow up in this royal household and experience all the privileges of a royal family. We are told that he had become a popular figure and that his star was on the rise. But then there came the day when Moses saw one of the Hebrews being beaten by an Egyptian, and he struck that Egyptian down, and he died. And now Moses had to flee from Egypt, the wrath from the Egyptian authorities. And he hides out in the hills where he settles down, he gets married, has children, and makes his living tending sheep. That may not seem like much of an exciting life, but for Moses, that was good enough. He had had his time in the sun. He had his share of high adventure and dangerous escapades. And he had his time rubbing shoulders with the elite leaders and mighty warriors. Now he was simply grateful to embrace this simple life. But God had other plans. God's voice came to him from this burning bush, saying, Moses, I am the God of your father, 
the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I've seen the misery of my people. I've heard them crying out because of their taskmasters, and I am going to come down and deliver them. And I am going to deliver you up into a a new land, a land of promise where you can prosper. I am the God of your ancestors, Moses, and I promise the promise I made to them is the one I will fulfill now. But I want you, Moses, to bring that message to Pharaoh. Now think of what this means. God is asking Moses to leave this place of that he calls home, this place of uh, a security, a safe haven, hiding out from those who want to harm him, even though he was content doing what he was doing. God wants him to return to Egypt and face this guy, the supreme ruler of Egypt. And he was not used to being told what to do. And you hear Moses say, here I am, when God calls to him, And you have to wonder, what was the tone of his voice when he responded? Was it a confident, here I am, or here I am? We can understand, I think, why Moses would resist. Who am I that I should be the one to go to Pharaoh, he says, and to bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Surely, God, you have the wrong person. My resume is not impressive. My track record shows more losses than wins. And out of, all, out of all the people you could choose to do this, I just don't stack up as the right guy to do it. And he then proceeds to provide God a whole litany of excuses as to why he was not qualified to do this holy purpose for God. And so now, as I envision Moses there at the burning bush, a bush that was on fire but not consumed, Moses, with his shepherd's crook in hand, knees knocking and palms sweating, as he listens to God asking him to do this, it tells us something about what the call of God is. You know, God, I truly believe, you know, every Christian has that moment when God taps him or her on the shoulder to call them to do some kind of holy task or holy service or action. And it may be that God doesn't speak to you through a bush that burns and is not consumed. It may not be accompanied by angels visible to us, but perhaps through your conscience, perhaps through the voices of other people known to you who are brothers and sisters of your faith. And as I consider this conversation which occurred between Moses and God, it speaks volumes as to what happens when God comes calling in your life. When God comes calling, it usually means calling us out of our comfort zones. Moses, as I mentioned, was content living the life that he had as a shepherd, raising his family. But God shattered that world for him. And you'll notice that Moses was not seeking God. God sought Moses. God initiated the contact. You will go to Pharaoh, Moses. When I consider, you know, the various people in the Bible who we term saints and great forebearers of our faith, God called them out of the normalcy of life to accomplish something they were not inclined to do. And that's the other aspect of the call of God, is he calls us to do those very things that we are inclined not to do on our own. And like Moses, 
typical servants of the Lord. They weren't inclined to step out of the normalcy of life. And they offer excuses just as Moses did. You know, when God called Abraham to be the father of the great nation of of Israel, when God said to Abraham, your descendants will number like the stars in the sky or the grains of sand on the seashore, his response was, I am too old. When God called the prophet Jeremiah to speak on God's behalf, his response was, I'm too young. I don't have enough experience. When God called Gideon to rally God's people to fight against the Midianites, his response was, I am from the least of the tribes of Israel. Send somebody else. And yet, God's persistent call prods us forward. Regardless of how impractical it may seem, it calls us to break from the familiar and step forward into the unknown. So this animal here, it's the African impala. It's one of the fastest animals on the planet. More than this, it can jump as high as 10 feet and a length of 30 feet. And yet these extraordinary animals can be kept in an enclosure in any zoo with a wall that's only three foot high. And the reason that impala won't jump is because he can't see where his feet are going to land. He will not jump unless he sees he will land safely. Well, that's a dynamic that, uh, you know, humans and impalas share in common. We're reluctant to take that, that leap unless we know that we're going to have a safe landing. Moses, he was not clear at all. But what was going to happen to him when he faced off with this powerful man, Pharaoh? He had to take that step into the unknown and find out. He had to jump where he could not see. You know, we humans, we're kind of prone to avoid risk because we don't want to lose what we have. You know, I love the story about the old farmer, you know, ragged and barefooted, sat on the front stairs of his uh, cabin where he lived and a passerby stopped by, and, and he asked for a drink of water, and wishing to be sociable, he just strikes up a conversation with this farmer. And he says, how's your cotton crop this year? And he said, well, I didn't, I didn't plant cotton. I'm afraid of the boll weevils. Well, did you plant corn? He said, no, I'm afraid of the grubs sucking the life out of them. Did you plant potatoes? No, I'm afraid of the groundhogs digging them up. He said, well, then what did you plant? He said, nothing. I decided to play it safe. Playing it safe often results in nothing happening. And the God we worship is not about that. The other thing to consider is this. You know, is that God uses specific individuals to accomplish his purpose. When God first spoke to Moses from the burning bush, he said, I have seen the misery of my people. I have heard their cries. I have come down to rescue them. And upon hearing that, Moses probably said, Hallelujah. That's great. Do your thing, God. Rain down fire on the Egyptians. Maybe I'll just take a nice, comfortable seat and watch it all happen from a distance. God doesn't work that way. What we see from the God of the Bible is that God calls individuals to accomplish his purpose. 
Yes, Moses, I will rescue my people, but you will be my voice. You will be the one who will go to Pharaoh and communicate my intentions. Yes, I will perform miracles, but I will perform them through your actions. I will take you to the promised land, but you will be the one who will lead my people. And what this means when it comes to the call of God, we have responsibility in getting God's work done. God calls and God works his power through us. But there comes a point in which we have to take responsibility for it. I'm reminded of the story of a man who regularly, each time he went to work, he would get on the bus. And as he's on the sidewalk, he sees this boy who is in great need, shivering there on the sidewalk. And each time he would pass by and he would say, it's terrible that this kid has to be so destitute. Why is that? What kind of world is this that this is allowed to happen? And angrily he lifted his eyes to, to heaven and he said, God, why would you allow such suffering to happen? Why don't you do something? Well, the voice of God spoke to him. And he said, I have. I created you. That's how the God of the Bible works. So what we have with Moses is that he eventually did as God commanded. After playing every card in his deck to convince God that he was not the right person, I'm not eloquent of speech, he said, I'm not adequate, I'm too old, I'm not smart enough, I'm not holy enough, Moses plotted his way to the Pharaoh. And he delivered the message let God's people go. When, Mo, when Pharaoh pushed back even har- harder, saying, who am I to listen to this God of yours? When Moses led them out of Egypt and the Egyptian chariots chased them down, backing them against the Red Sea, and people said, is it because there were not enough graves in Egypt that we are to die out here in the wilderness? Moses did not relent. Moses did as God asked him to do. Where did he get the courage to do that? Well, I think the answer is found in these three words. I will be with you. When Moses resisted, saying, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? God said, I will be with you. When you stand before Pharaoh, I'm standing there with you, Moses. When you speak to the people, my spirit resides in you. When everyone points the finger of blame at you, Moses, I will be with you even as they are not. You know, what God calls us to do, he enables us to do. Because he is there even when no one else is. As I've heard it said that when it's you and God, that's all you need. And so as we move forward in our next phase of ministry here at Rocky River Church, you know, we're going to be discerning what is God's call for us now as we take those next steps as a congregation for the future. And I'm telling you, if that calling is consistent with Moses' experience, it will mean stepping out of our comfort zones, stepping out into the unknown. But yet we can have confidence that God is the one using us as instruments for his purpose. And so we trust that we won't be doing this alone.
The Lord is with us wherever we go. Amen and amen. Now to him who by the power 